the Boss Man Show as promised. I told you she'd be joining us every week. It's Dr. Vernette. She's going to break down for you guys this week the top 10 things in her mind that promotes preventive health care. Now, I'm going to be the smart one today and get out of her way and let Dr. Vernette do her thing. Dr. V, what is good with you? How you doing? Hey, JR. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Enjoying life out here on the road. You know how it is. I see that. Yes, sir. And that uh, hot, hot weather of uh, what, Houston? Uh-huh. Doing That's big right. things. I love it. I love it. Well, make sure you stay hydrated and, you know, don't don't do not do too much. Oh, I'm not. Trust me. I got to drink my eight balls of water every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good fight. So, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the top 10 things that um, promote preventative health, right? So when we talk about preventative health, we're looking at making sure that we're having deposits made into our lives and our lifestyles that will allow us to see the doctor less for preventative issues, things that can be preventable. So I just have... Like I said, 10 things that I'm going to briefly discuss with you today. And if you want to expand on some of them, we can. I'll talk about uh, a range of things that will help to cultivate your mind, body, and spirit, which is aligned with my brand. So the first thing that I like to talk about is stretching in the morning. So stretching in the morning is essential for just waking up your body. And even when you're looking at the morning routine, I actually was talking to one of my clients about this a couple of days ago, switching your alarm from being that beep, 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 you know, you like, you wake up, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like you're in this flight or fight mode, right? So already you've started your day kind of on this alert mode rather than waking up to a peaceful tune. Now understand that some people have challenges with being morning uh, people, which I am one of those. So Amen. I set, <laughs> I set like maybe four or five alarms, but they're all still soothing tunes that will gradually wake me up. So that way I'm able to receive the day as it comes. And then from there, before I get out of bed, I do a few stretches, especially now uh, in my you know pregnancy, my surrogacy journey. I do a little stretches because I've been still for the most part in the bed. And so, you know, I kind of roll to the side and, and stretch my arms, stretch my legs, and then really just sit and, and set my intentions for the morning, which can look something as simple as I will think positive thoughts today, or I will be courageous today, or today I'm going to do something to bring someone else joy. So that's just setting intentions before I even get out of the bed. And so in addition to that, uh, the next thing is moving your body 30 minutes a day, right? So that comes with the territory of being physically active and taking care of your body. So whatever that movement looks like, whether it's walking around a track, you can climb a mountain. My girlfriend's actually climbing a mountain as we speak, Kennesaw Mountain in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, it was raining all day today. And she is so committed to making sure that she's living a healthier lifestyle she texted me and was like, hey, girl, I think I'm going to brave the mountain today. And I told her, I was like, okay, don't slip on no rocks, please, because, you know, I can't Amen. come for you if I don't know. But um, I love the commitment, right, because it's important. So whether you're walking the track or you're climbing a mountain or doing a yoga class or doing a fitness class or even just doing some body weight 
basic exercises, you're getting your circulation flowing so that way the nutrients in your cardiovascular system, your circulatory system, is actually circulating throughout your body and giving your muscles, your tendons, your organs, the nutrients that it needs in order to uh, function optimally, right? So that's the moving 30 minutes a day. Uh, the third thing that I would suggest uh, to your listeners are harness your energy. Now, what does that mean? Harnessing your energy really looks into your deep core and you knowing that you are meant to live a life of uh, joy and happiness and love. But we kind of have challenges throughout our daily routine that don't necessarily support that, right? So we get caught up in negativity and stress of the world and we allow that stress to hold us back. And so the idea of harnessing your energy is really coming in within yourself and making sure that you're creating some pretty healthy boundaries, which actually brings me to my next point. Setting healthy boundaries. Setting healthy boundaries is across the board, whether it's professional life, personal life, um, you want to look at engaging in boundaries that are going to create um, health for you, right? So if you're in a toxic relationship, uh, toxic interaction, and like I said, whether it's personal, professional, be wary of those who, those people and those things that don't serve your, your higher vibrations, your higher being, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's good to set healthy boundaries. With that, it's going to come uh, positive thinking, positive thoughts, positive experience, and that love and joy and happiness that I just talked about with harnessing your energy. Uh, the next thing is finding balance in your world, right? So a lot of us carry talent. So you're traveling all over the world right now, gaining coverage, um, for your brand and you know it's 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 different when you're traveling versus being at home you have your daily routine at home but you also have your travel schedule and so making sure that you're staying balanced within those realms are going to help cultivate a healthier mind body and spirit and so knowing when maybe you know not to take this trip or maybe to invest in this trip and making sure that, you know, we're eating properly or that we're exercising while we're away, just making sure that there is a level of balance and stability uh, that goes into all the worlds that we live in, all the hats that we wear, right? Uh, my next point is stimulating your mind, right? So that can be really anything that allows you to evolve, whether you like to read or listen to a podcast, uh, read an inspirational book or attend a seminar. Um, I would say really anything that engages your mind to a higher level would be something that would invest in stimulating your mind. And then with investments, invest in yourself. All these things that I'm talking about, that's what that looks like, investing yourself. Reserve time in your schedule that allows you to give back to yourself. We are in, uh, a lot of us are in professions that have us serving other people. And so we're giving and we're transferring that energy. But what are we doing to um, stay within ourselves and within a safe space to be able to 
give back into our energies, into our mind, reinvest in ourselves so that way the cycle can continue uh, to giving to others. Uh, the next one is protecting your space. That's a big one for a lot of the clients and patients that I work with. Protecting space simply means um, setting those boundaries, right? We talked about that a little bit earlier. But protecting your space is more so knowing exactly what you can and cannot tolerate within your um, uh, tribe, meaning the people that support you, uh, within your home, within your work life, and making sure that you are uh, very adamant about making an effort to create that protection, right? So it kind of speaks for itself. I can't really elaborate on that one. But the, the, the last two is reserving quiet time with yourself. Right? It's important to be able to quiet our minds. We're in a society that goes all the time. We are on, 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 go, go, go. And it's like, okay, when do we really kind of settle down and just be still? And that can look like meditation. Which late is, nights for me. You know, thinking, late nights for you, right? Because you work. Like you, you know, we, we work a lot. And so a lot of times our quiet time is that late time. Or those who have children or those who are obligated to other people, partners in their lives, you know, that time by themselves, it's really important to be quiet with themselves to be able to hear their thoughts, hear their spirit. Uh, if they have a, a vertical relationship or a spiritual relationship, be able to have that conversation um, with that higher power within within your world. And then the last thing that I absolutely love is exercise patience with compassion. And that really kind of wraps up the whole dynamic of 10 things that promote preventative health care. Because if we're able to exercise patience with ourselves and patience with others and show compassion, show understanding uh, within the life that we live, we are able to be more balanced in our worlds. We're able to create more healthier habits. We're able to protect ourselves space. We're able to invest in ourselves and harness the energy and, you know, make morning routines count with intention. Overall, you're creating a lifestyle that's so much more healthier for you. So that way we can create longevity in our life and in the quality of the life that we live. So those are the 10 things that I would suggest for uh, our audience to do on a daily basis uh, to be able to promote preventative health. I think that's right, and, and it's so funny, Doctor V, that you got John over here giggling. He's just like, "I need to do all these things." Because <laughs> John is right here with me. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, Doc. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I've been listening along, and you're 100 percent right in what you're saying. Because I have, I go, I do all kinds of different stuff, right? Different kind of businesses on the on the air with Jr. He's got all kinds of crazy travel going on. So do I. So it is hard for us to find that quiet time. Sometimes you, you're getting ready to sit down and have a little bit of moment of relaxation with yourself or with your loved one. Um, and something comes up, text message, email, phone call from work, whatever. I found sometimes at a certain point of night of the night, I just have to shut my phone off, vibrate and just set it off to the side and just chill for a little while and then just let, let myself be still, you know? Absolutely. And it's some, 
some of those habits are a little bit harder to start, but once you get into that routine, it it creates a a peaceful environment for you to be able to receive the the stressors. I mean, that's really what it is. We always have stressors. We always have something going on, um, especially in the world that we live in. We wear multiple hats, but when we're able to unplug right ourselves from this ongoing world that's ever evolving, ever you know, entertaining and, and, and such, we're able to really be able to be quiet with ourselves, balance, and be there for the for the loved ones, you know, and, and for ourselves. And it creates a healthier mind, body, and spirit. Absolutely. Most of my quiet time involves ice cream, JR, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dr. V will live with that right now with what she got going on. Sometimes you just got to eat your feelings, right? Hey, you know what? A healthy healthy amount of ice cream can soothe the soul okay yeah. <laughs> i am not against that at all yes yeah. indeed we can be I'll, friends I'll with then. you both and for me it's a sonic slushy route 44 oh, power so slushy. good <laughs> yes or, or a hot fluid sonic sunday too john oh love that. yeah no doubt love those but we would not go to the varsity because that would make me throw up and be sick the next day I ain't doing that <laughs> 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 So I probably should have asked never sponsored this show based on what I just said, but whatever. Every time I eat there, I end up in a, in a position like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm them bugs, John, they be crawling around your door to curl up. That's, that's me when I eat the varsity. <laughs> oh, well, that's yeah, part listen. of setting healthy boundaries, right? So yep. yes, the not in the best interest for you. Right. Not that, at all. Exactly. You got to know your system. <laughs> yes, you do. Indeed. Yes, indeed. That's investing in yourself, right? We talked about that. Yes, indeed. Knowing that, yeah, that won't be good for the show or me going forward, going to the bar. You better believe that. Well, Dr. V, I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Great job, as always, for the next week of Scientific Segment with you, with John and myself, all right? All right. You guys take care and be good. All right. You too. Bye now. Three. parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. show here we had a great guest for you you know him for playing in the nba we coached the nba coast at louisville also played in kentucky 
Now he's the head man of the Purple Aces, John. We playing poker. The Purple <laughs> Aces, my man. It's Walter Ricardo, Evansville. Coach, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Um, thankful um, to be be on here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I, I can talk about Aaron a little bit about this, Coach, but I, I hear it in your voice how excited you are to get this head, head coaching gig in your hometown, place you grew up in, around people that know you your whole life, man. So, with this job you're taking about, how has it been for, with the people around you, the community, the university, knowing that one of their own is now leading the Purple Aces to a new horizon now with you at the helm? Man, it, it's been great, man. The people have really come out and supported me. And I've uh, been playing my whole, my whole life um, here in high school and in, at Kentucky and then in the NBA. So just to be able to come and, and, and represent you know, our home school and represent our community, um, I'm really excited. They've really come out and shown me so much love. And, uh, you know, the ticket sales have, have, have really boomed. And, um, you know, just the people are so excited uh, about about me being here. And it's, it's just been Man, it's just been fun. Like I said, I'm so grateful and, and, and so appreciative that uh, the people have really welcomed me back in, in the benefit they have. Now, Coach, uh, what is it about the city, the administration, um, just the in general, the move to Evansville? What about it resonated with you and your family that ultimately made you decide to leave the Celtics and then take this opportunity? Well, first of all, just being really familiar with the city and the university, um, you know, as a kid, growing up on the Ace of Things, uh, you know, with, with all my buddies, and, you know, they they, 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 they had really good competitive teams. And it, it, was, it was a fun environment, fun atmosphere uh, to come to. So um, those memories, man, uh, really helped. But um, just as this process went on and just really speaking with the AD and everybody everybody involved, man, just to, to know their vision, to see um, the resources that they have here to be successful. You know, I think that um, we have the best facilities here in this conference, and um, I, I think that um, this is really set up to, 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 to be a special place. And all those things had a little, little to do with it, but um, just the, also the community. This is a basketball community. I love the basketball here in Indiana, and, um, you know, I, I've seen the droves of Aces fans before, and, and just to, to be here and, and to see those people come back out and, thirsty for us to put a, a good product on the floor, man. Just, just has me really excited. It had a lot to do with it. Now, Coach, do you guys play downtown at, at the new arena, or do you play on campus? I went to Arena for the play football. Down, we, yeah. It's crazy down there. Yeah, we play downtown at, at the Ford Center, and, you know, it seats 11,000 people, so we're excited, man. I, I think we can um, really have a home court advantage, you know, with teams coming to play us there. And, um, we're really excited. Like I said, we got, I think we have great facilities um, you know, for a mid-major, and we're just looking forward to um, really taking advantage of that. Now, Coach, for you, now you've been an assistant coach for a long time, working, working with a lot of great players. Mm-hmm. So what's the adjustment for you moving up that one to be the head man where you make all the calls now? So how's that process working for you? Now, are you leaning on some of your old coaches who's been college coaches before and old in the NBA but can help you kind of make the transition for you a little bit easier and smoother for you going forward? Oh, definitely, man. I'm really leaning on a lot of people. Um, a lot of guys that I grew up who, who were mentors for me, uh, you know, playing basketball, who are good friends, who are assistants at other universities. But also Brad Stevens has been huge and been key. Um, Danny Age has been key. Rick Pitino has played a part in it. So just really being able to use those guys to um, really help help facilitate a lot of decisions and just, you know, getting my, getting my feet wet, wet. But um, one of the big things for me, uh, the number one thing was really being able to hire 
a, a really good staff. And um, I think uh, a couple guys that I've hired, especially Ty Licklatter, uh being able to have some of my staff and the experience that he has, I'm able to lean on him a lot too and, and, and really learn to fly with him. And uh, so um, I've just been very fortunate. There, there are a lot of people like, that, that I can call up and uh, that can help me in every situation. Now, when we look at the uh, recruiting aspect of the, the new job, Coach, what kind of guys are you going to target to bring into the program? Is it going to be high school freshmen, JUCO guys, transfers, a mixture of all three of those, uh, maybe an international guy or two? What do you think uh, you want to bring in as far as a talent level um, and also you know, an off-the-court type of personality? What are you looking for? I want to, play, I want to bring guys who can play, uh, the best players that we can find, and then – you know, figure it out once they're here. But, uh, um, but you know, the, I want to play, you know, really fast, and I want guys who are long and athletic who can play above the rim, but guys who can play multiple positions, uh, whether you're playing a two and three or a four and five, but just guys who, who really make it tough on, on, on other teams. And um, that's what I'm looking to do, guys who can play the type of style that I want to play, which is fast up and down, guys who are versatile, who shoot the three, put the ball on the floor, become a rim threat. Guys who, who really have a, a really good understanding of the game, but also play multiple positions. Oh, Sarah Walsh McCarter here on the Boss Man Show, and the coach of the Evansville Purple Aces with us here. With now, coach, uh, gotta ask you about the nine conference scheduling, coach. Uh, I know that's probably done for you for this year. Are you going to be one of the coaches who want to challenge your team early in the preseason play to kind of get your team ready for that conference play? You're going to try to take some two for one games, guarantee games, play try stuff against the the Power Five team. So, which kind of you want, what, what do you want to do for that for your team going forward here, Coach? Uh, what, what, what we've done uh, for next season, my, my whole thing is really preparing your team to play for conference play, and I think you really have to go out and play teams who can give you um, really good competition, but who can help your team in the long run as far as what can we learn from the team? How can we be better? How can we grow? So we've gone out and you know, we open up next season when our non-conference we open up at Illinois. Then we, we go to Xavier. Uh, we have Miami, Ohio, Wyoming, um, Arkansas State, Jacksonville State, um, Mary State. So we, we've got a, a, a lot of really good mid-major teams on the schedule that's going to, um, you know, that, that's going to present some problems. And, you know, we have to make sure we're ready to play and that, that we're up for up for the challenge. But, you know, I, I think all these teams that we're playing, you know, even, you know, the Ball State, these are teams that can help us get ready for conference play where our guys aren't shell-shocked and, um, not ready to play, not ready to compete at a high level once once conference play rolls around. Now, Coach, oh, we got to ask you this, man. Uh, I know it's been crazy for you all these days that uh, you've been a head coach up there. So talk to us. What is a day like for you t- typically? Like, are you in the office at 6 in the morning calling recruits and meeting boosters <laughs> and recruit? How? What is your day like, Coach? I meet a lot of boosters. Um, today's been a really busy day. I've probably had about six or seven in, um, interviews. I've had probably been front of uh, four or five cameras during the game, but, um, you know, tomorrow's dead period, which would be cool, but, um, you know, on the phone with recruits and, you know, just trying to make sure that we're doing everything we can to be um, to, to, to be successful. And, um, you know, I'm always game planning and strategizing with my assistants and, um, you know, watching teams um, play and just, hey, what do you think about this play? What do you think about this lineup? How can we do this? So we're just always um, – trying to learn um, from each other uh, so we can be better. But I'm not in the office at 67. I, I may come in the office because, you know, it's summertime, about 10 or 1030. 
Gotcha. Now, Coach, last one I got for you. you know, I know your former team is doing real well against the Cavs right now. So talk, talk to us about what's been making these guys play so well with losing Kyrie, losing Daniel Tice, and losing Gordon Hayward in quarter mm-hmm. one of night one of the year. Well, I think um, Brad has done a phenomenal job of, of letting these guys play through mistakes early on and, you know, letting them just really focus on just get to the next play. Uh, so we're at the point now where these guys, they're, they're, they're comfortable. They're not playing like they're rookies or young players. Brad, they have total trust from Brad, and Brad really trusts these young guys, and it makes a, 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 a big difference. And um, I think that's why they're successful. But also, they, they, they trust one another. Um, they, they go out. Brad gives these guys a, a, a great game plan, and they go out and execute. And um, I think they're having so much success because I think that they they play more consistent as far as defensively together and offensively together longer than other teams. I think over a stretch, over a stretch over, of, of a game, they're going to do it the right way longer than the other team. They're going to do it together. I think that's what makes the big difference. Coach McCarty, I'll tell you what, man, we're happy for you, Coach. We're glad you got this gig up there. I was going to have to get another African-American coach leading the team in the college basketball D1 level. So, Coach, best of luck to you. We'll talk to you real soon, man. I'll just catch you around the fall time, see how things are going with your team then. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. All right, Coach. Have a good one now. All right. Bye-bye. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. JC, what's up, Market Brothers? How y'all doing, man? Chilling. I hear that. I know. <laughs> JC, JC said chilling. Chilling. <laughs> Bruh. Hey, man, we, listen, we were just talking about you, JC. We were just talking about you, right? Yes, we were, man. We were. I was wondering how my man doing with the Grizzlies getting the fourth pick in the lottery and not getting that number one spot. I know I'm kind of depressed for the Hawks not getting number number one seed, number one pick, because had Coach Bud not won those late season games, those five games could have got number one pick. 
Memphis is number two worst record. Got bumped down to number four. So, JC, man, the lottery set us up for the field, bro. We was hyping in Atlanta, hoping something good. Y'all hope something good. And y'all got put down the field. Now we got to we get Marvin Bigley now, not Aiden or Doncic. Well, you know, like, the way things went this season for the Grizz, we we can't do anything right. We can't even tank right. Like, this year was just – how you lose almost 20 games in a row and still end up picking fourth? Like, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't understand it. But it is what it is. And I guess the consolation prize, um, you know, if you can't get Aiden, you can't get Luka. Uh, Bagley will not drop past three. Uh, Atlanta's going to snag him up. So the consolation prize is going to be Jaron Jackson, which who I think is going to be a great player, you know, when it's all said and done. But he's just not that name that's going to really, you know, get you get you hyped or get you excited right now. You know, he's a project. But I think he's going to have an impact, you know, day one. But this is not the, the, the flash, you know, that we were we were hoping for. That's what we do, man. We just we find a way to mess up every draft pick. When you, when you think about over the last ten years, the only first round pick that is still on our roster as we see is Mike Hunt over the last year. That's that's hard to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you miss out? How do you mess up all these first round picks over ten years? And not this, the only one that's still on the roster is Mike Conley. It sounds like you guys are the, the Browns of the NBA. That's what it sounds like. That's a, you know what? That is a very, very fair comparison, Beckler. Uh, I, I would definitely attest to that. We we are definitely akin uh, to the Browns uh, uh, of, of the NBA, basically, at this point. So let me ask you a question real quick, both of you guys, JC directly. The, the NBA draft... <laughs> And I'm not a huge follower of the NBA draft, so I might be speaking out of turn here, but it seems like it's gone a lot more, even even over the past couple of years, towards younger college players, obviously leaving early, but international players. It's definitely not like it used to be. Um, even five years ago, I would say, it's really rapidly becoming a crapshoot with these guys. I mean, you're really rolling the dice with some big money on these lottery players, aren't you? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, because with the NBA draft, like you said, uh, Beckler, you know, these young guys coming out, and and then there's always, you know, it's always the guys that later in the first round that probably end up being bigger superstars than the guys that you know uh, that go top five every year. And so, it's, like I said, it's a crapshoot. You just never know. And even with this year's draft. I mean, this year's draft is okay, but it's not going to be a transcendent draft like the, the 0-3 draft with LeBron, you know, D-Wade, and Melo. Like, it's, it's not that crop of talent. There's some good players, the guys that could be potential all-stars going forward, but I'm not sure if you can point to one guy and say, you know what, this guy coming out this year is going to be a franchise player. That that guy's not in the draft this year. So, you know, it's definitely a, a crapshoot more than ever, even this year. There's no guarantee, no guarantee with the top three. Uh, top three picks, they, those guys are going to be, you know, stars in the future. So you just never know. 
got that right. I feel like the draft, like, I think it's kind of tricky because some of your players don't even play with the contracts that don't. Two years guaranteed, team up in the last two years. Some of these guys get drafted and they have the league after two years. They don't show nothing. So, a lot of pressure on those guys. And, and I feel like that the, the, the CBA did it, did it to make teams not be so sad with bad draft picks, but for the guys, pressure on them right out of the gate. You know what I'm saying? If I'm performing year one, year two, I might be not get, get, a, get a deal. I might be out of the league altogether. So it's kind of it's real tricky, man, with the talent we have coming in. Guys only coming out of AAU programs, playing when you in college, when the NBA ain't ready. A lot of pressure them already going to be very bad for them. And guys, as a response to the draft lottery, Atlanta Hawks got the picks. They got pick number three. They got 19. They got pick 30. Atlanta Hawks, I don't know what they hit. It's draft picks there for the Hawks first round picks now. Hawks gonna be a tank mode again. Hired Lord Pierce to be the coach of the Hawks now, but it's frustrated our good buddy Daniel Schroeder. He wants out of Atlanta now. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild here. Uh, do you think the Hawks should trade Daniel Schroeder, JC and, and Beckler, and also should they trade Kent Bazemore? I have another name, Kent Bazemore, but I don't say it off the air because I don't want to get off the air for calling. But I would want to call him, but it rounds with something that's not very nice to say about black people. But okay, so let's just not go there. But do you think the Hawks should trade Schroeder? <laughs> And Baysmore, the, it's the rebuild, goes and fools, rebuild after, in the A-B, after Bud. Um, as far as uh, Schroeder is concerned, I've, I've always, I've, I've, I've liked him in certain situations. You know, he seems like he's a very streaky uh, player. You know, he'll go, you know, a couple weeks here and there where he's, you know, you can look at him as maybe, what, top ten? You know, a uh, top 10 point guard in the league, possibly. You know, some nights and other nights, you know, not so much. But, you know, if he wants to, you know, get out of Atlanta and go to a Milwaukee or, you know, a team of that nature uh, in the East, you know, I, I can't blame him. You know, this guy's in the prime of his career. Uh, Atlanta's in a definite rebuild, you know, to say the least. And Atlanta's not going to be good for no, you know, no time soon. So, you know, if you can get something good for him, uh, but that's the thing. I don't know if his value is, is, you know, thought of to be, you know, that high across the league. You know, because you not. see a team giving up a first round pick. Yeah, because you see, you see a team giving up a first round pick for Schroeder, I, I can't. Not even Kent Bazemore. I don't think none of the Hawks stars are like first round pick net. We're more like second round pick and a bad contract relief, maybe. I, I think that you can get like <clears throat> really good value for for – uh, Schroeder right now, honestly. Like like you guys are saying, you're not going to get... Nobody's going to pay a ton for either one of those guys. But Schroeder, I feel like if you put him on a competitive team and he's the guy, I feel like he's more focused in that situation. I think right now, he's kind of just feels like he's going through the motions. So he's maybe a little bit looser than he would be if he were in a competitive situation. Because if you remember back when the Hawks were making playoff runs and he was kind of the, the sixth band or you know the backup, he was pretty good. He was pretty consistent and pretty... He was playing the fourth quarter over GFT. He was pretty reliable in that scenario. And then once they kind of fell off and there wasn't really that, that pressure or that, you know, uh, focus that he had to have, you know, obviously he slips a little bit because it's, it's just like a like a Des Bryant wide receiver, you know. When you're off the ball, you know, you're just standing out there on the island. You're not necessarily doing anything, you know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed, Will. Well, look, I, I hate if he left, but if he has to go, 
understand that the Hawks are going nowhere fast. Right I hope. The climax. I hope he comes right to now. Cleveland. <laughs> well, we hell, that might be an option with what's going on right now. You great by the 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 Celtics and the Cavs are at two zero for the Celtics. JC and Beckler. Beckler, what you JC, uh, man, like, what are you seeing? And did you think the team that was about Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, the two guys they brought in to help him get them over to the top from Cleveland, they're playing so well under the leadership of my God, my Dominican brother, Al Horford. Uh, JC, you, you take the lead on this one with the Celtics, brother. I mean, it's, it's incredible, you know, to think of the job that Brad Stevens is doing, man. He is just. He's awesome. And you think about it, like, this guy has done it at every level, man. You know, a great high school coach, great college coach. And now to do it in the NBA like this, and just to think, and to think that, you know, when they did the NBA coaches, uh, um, coach of the year, voted on by the NBA coaches about a week or so ago, that he didn't even get a vote, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, amongst the, uh, the coaches in the league there. So that's just pure, uh, pure jealousy. <laughs> you're a player hating that's going on right now but I mean I, I rolled them off as well I thought you know of course they made the playoffs and everything you know after Gordon Hayward went down and then with Kyrie going down and I even saw them win the first round but anything after the first round you know is money you know for the Celtics but at this point so they, I mean once they get to the finals I mean of course you know Golden State will win but Who's to say that, you know, uh, Golden State-Boston matchup in the finals wouldn't go six or seven games? So just based off the coaching of Brad Stevens, you have to give the Celtics maybe two extra wins that you normally wouldn't have with another coach. Just based off of his brilliance, you can, you can, you can see that he could probably mastermind or, or scheme a game plan that would give the Celtics an extra win or two in the final series. So... You know, it's just amazing, and, and the, the heart and the energy that they play with. You know, you can tell it's a team that likes to play for each other. You know, they're 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 supporting each other, they're rallying around each other, and and just they play with a lot of heart. They remind me a lot of of the Grizzlies back in our in the heyday. You know, as far as guys that's just scrappy, gritty, playing for each other, not you know top tier talent on the team, but guys that just play well as a unit. They remind me of like the, the 2000, you know, 11 through 15 Grizzlies. Just a, a just a group of guys that just play hard and love to play for each other. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that at, at all, JC. And it was right on point. Now, as far as the Cavs are concerned in this series, I, I mean, game two, LeBron puts up a triple double in a losing effort. I mean, we've seen some of this before. I think game three is basically going to tell us the rest of the series. If the Cavs win game three at home probably goes the distance but the Cavs are going to have to beat Boston in Boston to they're going to win a game on the road to win this series and I think if I'm not mistaken Boston is undefeated at home this postseason Um, yeah 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 yes they're playing well it's going to be a tough you know tough task now we've also seen LeBron when you know things aren't looking to go his way necessarily like the last time when he left uh, Cleveland for Miami a lot of people weren't happy with the way he played in that final playoff series on the way out the door. Now, obviously, he played play his heart out and tried a triple-double. Now, does he come out in Game 3? And and I'm not saying he's, you know, throwing up his hands and not playing as hard as he can, but it's demoralizing when you put up a triple-double and you don't have the team around you to help you close that game out. 
So had they won game two with the triple-double, that really changes the complexion of the series. Now they're coming back home down two games. You've got to win game three. And, you know, how much does this team have left in the tank after, you know, kind of a demoralizing loss in game two? I don't know. So if they win game three, I think it goes the distance. If they lose game three, obviously, then I think the series uh, ends either in, you know, four or five games, depending. Um, But, you know, that's just the the way I look at it. I don't think the series is over, but we're going to find out in game three how the Cavs come out in that game what their intention is for the for the remainder of the series are they going to fight or are they just going to say you know let's pack it in and see you next season i think the Cavs know that it's over the lebron now is over i think lebron's one up though already he's still going to play hard but they see and i think this is going to be a repeat and this left cleveland first time last game in boston walk off their court he's out of cleveland forever until he could come back to retire after his career because I think he's out of there. That talent he got around him, Jr. Uh, tricking Tristan, <laughs> Rodney No Hood, George Over the Hill, Toronto, remember, I can't uh, know nobody but LBJ Lou. You remember, trouble, you remember when he first left the Delonte West storyline? Yes. <laughs> Putting hot sauce in my bag. Oh my hey. God, Delonte West. Is there more? JC, is, 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 is Bron gone, bro? I I think he yeah. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, guys, I gotta say something. I don't know what he's gonna Because the Lakers are waiting on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Philadelphia don't really need him. And where else are you gonna go try to pull a Chris Paul out in and enforce a, enforce a trade? I, I mean, Houston. You gotta go to Houston, right? You know, because the Warriors are gonna make quick work of the Rockets. So that would give, you know, uh, LeBron all the reason in the world to go to Houston and try to help. Help them get over uh, Golden State, you know, get over the hump. So that seems like the only logical, you know, destination at this point for LeBron. Not, not that this is even in the realm of reality, but what if he ended up with Golden State? Like, <laughs> it would just be like, the, just decimate everybody. <laughs> be like, Globe Trotters versus Generals every night. We're done. <laughs> I still think he's going to go to a major market. I think that that's his thing. He's gone to Cleveland's, a, I guess, you know, a smaller market. Miami's probably a middle market, and now he's looking to win in a major market. Whether it's on one of the coasts or, or in Houston is a major market, something like that, I think, is probably the, the last frontier for him, right? Yeah, wild card, maybe. David Fisdale, but I don't see him going to the Knicks. But I'm just saying, I, I, I really, I can't place it because the way the league is shaping up, Philadelphia, he, Ben Simmons is good with the ball in his hands. You don't really want to put LeBron or dominate the ball, take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands. I, I just don't see a good fit for him besides the Houston field. Unless he forces a trade to a team. But signing outright, I don't see it. How many years does he have left? Just let's say, let's let's start with that. next year if he takes it. No, I'm saying like to, to, in his tank. How many years left in his tank? Yeah. I, I, think, mean, I think he still has a good three or four years of like prime years left. I, I agree, dude. I I think that dude could probably play for. I mean, listen, only you, only he knows his body, but he don't sure don't look like he's slowing down at all to me. I mean, dude's built like a brick s house, and he's he's a tank, dude. He doesn't have a lot of injuries. I mean, he's had a little here and there, but nothing major. Yep. I mean, he gets beat up, but he's a yeah. That dude, he's he's freaking stacked. So I mean, he he puts. In my when I watch him play, he hurts other players more than they hurt him even when they're hacking him when he goes in his body contact is hitting them harder than you know it's hitting him so I think he's he's protected his body well over the years I think he's got at least 
like you said, three to four prime years, probably five to seven, uh, you know, playing years left, if not more. If he wants it. If, if he wants it. That's right. That's right. If, if you want what, guys, it's been another great three-man week with Boss, Beckley, and JC. JC, before you go, tell me what's going on at Clicks, Sports Bar, Memphis, the best karaoke on Saturday night in the city of Memphis. Tell them about it, bro. Oh, man, you know, we're doing big things, man. You know, the whole Memphis in May, you know, month-long festivities going on. We call it Clicks, <laughs> Clicks in May. So, uh, you know, we got a new sponsor now. Uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, Crystal's, the uh, the sex shop, uh, Crystal's is now a new sponsor of uh, the Three Kings and uh, Trust Us Records. Okay. Yeah, man, so they hooked us up with some uh, swag to give away. Uh, and you guys can imagine what's in those gift bags. They're we're giving away to the ladies uh, each and every Saturday night, man. Ladies, come on out tonight and uh, get your special gift bag from, uh, from Crystal. You never know what, uh, what you may find in the bag. You know, you got to reach your hand in there, you know? <laughs> when, when you first said Crystal's, I was like, immediately thought fast food. And then it, it turned on me nah, real nah, quick. <laughs> it turned on me real quick. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, uh, folks, man. get your surprise goodie bag from the Three Kings. Out there at Clicks Sports Bar, Miss Clicks in May. Folks, get it in while you can. Two more weekends of Clicks in May. Get it in. Bro, gonna talk to you, man, next week, man. Have a great one, JC. Bickle, we are out. your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service man john john what's up brother are you ready for this week's world of crazy stories on the boss report yeah i'm ready man uh listen i mean sometimes you just gotta pull the cord man you just gotta jump out jump out of the plane pull the cord yes indeed you get there right well folks you've been waiting on it it's time for it it's here it's the boss report First story is this, John. South African pastor asked women to remove their drawers 
It's like you know there, but JJ's in church saying, quote, he's got the power of the almighty healing to release the feeling upon them. So he was trying to heal their JJ's? Yes. And <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a, an interesting way of going about it, but <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> so did they do it? Yes, he so wound them up on the beach out the church. Like, why? People aren't very intelligent, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, if somebody asks you to do that, you just recognize it as nonsense and, and don't, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Don't and, know. And get this, John. Is a, a, a that's second part of it. During the quote ceremony of the blessing, as he called it, the women were required to quote. Tap the faucet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some foolish people out there. Like, <laughs> and these pastors always like. There's always these stories about these pastors, man. You gotta watch some of these religious people, man. I'm not saying all of them, but some of them taking advantage of that trust that people put in them. You know? Exactly. Get this guy, John. A Texas pastor in the hospital. After being rock bottom by a patron, after he touched his wife's booty doing communion, <laughs> I, I see we're gonna have a theme today on the book report. <laughs> uh, like, what did she do? Like, take take the communion, the host, and like he patted her on the butt, like she made a, a, a good catch in the outfield or something. Like, what? <laughs> quote, he palmed it like he was his. <laughs> Listen, man, you do something like that to a, to a man's woman, you deserve to get stone cold. I don't care if you're a pastor or not, man. I don't care if you're a pastor or not. John, I got one more church story for you after this. You don't love me. not going to love me, but it's terrible. Uh, Florida man arrested after jumping into the baptismal pool naked to get him some of a newly <laughs> baptized female patron. No, <laughs> no way, dude. He just jumped in butt naked. Yes, they would get him some of her. They're really baptized. So that's what his take was. Oh my god, dude! People are crazy. And that was Florida man. Yes. Yeah. Well, that sounds about right. Florida man's pretty much whatever. Like you, you'll do whatever. Especially when it comes to getting naked. Like he probably showed showed up to the baptism naked. He sure did. <laughs> that's pretty much standard operating procedure. This story comes from our good friend, Mr. J.C. Smith, who let us know that it's right and tight. Angela Simmons has built up her booty and her workouts doing wonders on her newly found colossal milk after having baby cakes. Who, who is this? I missed it. Angela Simmons. Oh. Reverend Run's daughter. Oh, okay. J.C. Okay. reported sent her in Memphis that, quote, she's right and tight. Angela Simmons built up booty workouts are doing wonders for her and her milf colossal mom mommaly and motherly cakes it's jc's <laughs> she, he's on, she's on jc's list is that what i have to understand well he said he had a report for me that's what his report says there's nothing like oh man being in the group text with you and jc that's all i gotta say about that Nothing like being in the group text with you two. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Exactly. 
got this, John. Extra cheese, please. Fired Chipotle manager accused of stealing get this. $626 is awarded $8 million in a wrongful termination lawsuit because, quote, the money was for petty cash to repair a broken stove. So I saw this story somewhere out there. I don't know where or when, but the impression I got was that the money went missing. They accused her of stealing it and fired her or him. I think it's a her, right? It says it's a manager. You don't give me a sick. Okay. I thought that for whatever reason, I thought it was her. But they apparently she used the money that was quote unquote stolen to repair a piece of equipment for the business, right? Correct. Out of the petty cash fund. But how do you not like as as the business owner, as the owner of the Chipotle, how do you not know like there's obviously there's gonna be some receipts and what have you, like a simple question answer session would have cleared it up, right? You would think if you just ask them by rather than accusing them. Right. I mean like if okay, so if that if okay, so you own the Chipotle and I'm the manager, okay? And you look at the books and you say, oh, hey, there's $620 missing here. That's crazy. I don't see a receipt for anything. It's just money's gone. Let me call John up, find him out. Hey, John, what's up with this money? Oh, that's for the refrigerator. We had to get it repaired. It broke down last night. I didn't put the receipt in the thing. Sorry about that, but that's what it's for. I got the receipt. I'll give it to you. Oh, okay. No problem. Right? No problem. So she deserves money as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't listen, you know, a million dollars for however much she got. Which eight, eight, million. eight million. That seems like a lot of money for that scenario, but whatever, man. I mean, <laughs> it seems like, you know, you put somebody through that. How? Who knows how long she worked there? Maybe she was a long-time employee. Maybe she, you know, if you were, if you're a manager of a fast food restaurant, JR, it's not like, um, or even any restaurant, that's not easy work. I mean, you got to be there early, stay late, manage all the employees, manage all the vendors, you know, manage all the health department stuff, the accounting, all that type of stuff. It's not just, you know, show up, punch in, and that's that. I mean, that's a lot of work. You got that right, brother. You got that right. We got this. We got swipe left, gone south. Woman accused of sending thirstily, thirstily wordy messages. Get this. 65,000 text messages and he illegally bathing in the home of the man she met on Tinder during the Atlanta Hawks white white night. So wait a minute. She... <laughs> How many text messages? 65,000. And she also broke, broke in the man's house for a quote, illegal bath. <laughs> illegal bath. <laughs> 65,000 text messages over how long? They get this a six week span. Dude, that's ten thousand a week. <laughs> oh my three god. Three illegal baths per his ADT cameras. Per his ADT cameras? <laughs> Dude. I love that illegal bath. <laughs> uh, you definitely don't want somebody coming in your house taking an illegal bath, man. That's just not cool. I, I, I just basically remind me of the illegal lunch I can take. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, the illegal lunch. <laughs> JR used to call me up and he used to tell me he was on an illegal lunch. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, illegal lunch? And he explained it to me. <laughs> tell everybody what the illegal lunch was. Okay, I had a job where I didn't have a lunch. It was a part-time gig, but to record the show, I would tip off what illegal lunch I would take and leave the radio station like blank and nothing there. So if something went south, it was in the hands of a guy who can't spell sale. 
so I can sell helicopters, whatever you say, sell sailboats. But yeah, that was the illegal lunch for a quick snapshot of what the illegal lunch was. That's right. I remember that. Part time producer shift. I would sneak off and take me a legal lunch to take the show. And I'll call it the legal lunch. I never got called t- taking before. Ever. That was the best. That was the best. The good old days. The illegal lunch days. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. We got this, John. Florida men arrested after throwing an alligator inside of when he drive through because Frosty came back with another rather than chocolate. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as throwing an, an alligator into the drive through because of that. But if you're expecting, listen, I mean, a vanilla, fr- who even orders a vanilla Frosty? Like, why do they even make Y'all know. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my life, I've never, like, I, I'm just, it's a vanilla Frosty. Like, what? It's just a big cup of vanilla ice cream. Like, who wants that? I mean, come on. It's, I would get upset, too, if somebody tried to give me a, a giant cup of vanilla ice cream. No sprinkles, no chocolate syrup, no nuts, no cherry, nothing. Just a big cup of vanilla ice cream. I mean, I'm not saying you deserve a gator, but maybe like a squirrel or something. You could throw that in there. Exactly. And our final story, John, is this. That foul was offensive, Tristan Thompson. We got this. A relief and groveling for Sister Thompson bursting the tears after Chloe Burke True said, quote, in between the tears, almost busted me a willy too. What? <laughs> dude, that dude is off his rocker, right? <laughs> you see about to bust one while you crying over your child being born? I mean I don't why are you even that's a why is, why would that thing even activate during that moment when your <laughs> child was is being born? Just like it was uh, <laughs> what did it even activate <laughs> like it was uh, like it was an Autobot why would <laughs> why would it activate <laughs> like why like how did that did enough damage for you already my man like look, look look at what you're laying next to crying about seriously man like dude that heaven that that that, that uh stick that joystick you have should not should not be activated during a tower burst there's nothing attractive about childbirth before you should be getting neurons off about busting Willie. Like, what? What's he need? What he needs to do is deactivate that thing for a good month or two and just, you know, <laughs> stop taking the L's, bro. Amen to that, brother John. Amen to that, with John. In the boss report, what is your take on today's report, my good brother? Watch out for the pastors, man. I'm telling you. Just the pastors. Now, if you're listening, I'm people aren't having it. Just be careful what you do. It's the good old days. You just take women down to the beach and have them strip naked so you can heal their vaginas. Not happening, guys. Not, 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 not in this not, era in the Me Too movement, people. Not right. during this time. We will mute you. Like we muted other artists and people. So, folks, <laughs> this is our John, and this was the Boss Report. And if you don't know, now you know, you know.